getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Here we go. Welcome in, everyone. Welcome in. It is Tuesday morning. July 12th, 2022, and uh, it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how you doing? How was your weekend? Uh, hot and wet. It was yeah. uh, It was a lot of rain. Uh, it's cool out, though. You know, after <clears throat> touching 100 last week, it was in the 60s yesterday morning, so uh didn't break about 85, so uh, we're having May and July, which is kind of nice. Otherwise, you know, Good to go. It's uh, another week, another weekend by. That means another week closer to football. Yeah, only what is it like nine more Mondays until the Broncos are kicking off against in Seattle, uh, where I'm at, um, and uh, against the Seahawks, which will be a great game. And uh, yeah, welcome to my new recording location. Hopefully, the walls won't always stay this puke yellow, but I do have a fun little shelf behind me. It doesn't on on camera. It shows up just fine. It's almost like a peach. Honestly, it it looks it looks. uh, it looks good. It, it's it's fine. Um, if you start panicking about all the things that you should be doing over the next two months, time will fly by. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I really need to do this by then. Crap. I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, time flies right on by when you're procrastinating on stuff that you should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, going to be a busy August, too, because we have all these backpacking trips and whatnot planned. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure we probably won't be settled until, you know, September November, but uh, rather take advantage of. We don't have any like guests coming for a bit, so we don't need to play, make the place look totally presentable as long as it's livable. And uh, already got that down, so I'm not really worried about it. Natalie, though, uh, my wife on the other hand, a little bit. Uh, she works from home, so it's just like I'm sure it's driving her a little bit nuts. But uh, I'd rather be outside doing stuff than <laughs> decorating the house and getting things unpacked. So yeah, uh, one thing, one thing at a time. Pick one thing a day. Yeah. Like I want to put one thing a day a week. It, then it'll yeah. go together or a day, you know, put one thing a day away and it goes fast. I say that about once a week, I'm going to take someone else's crap in my garage and throw it away. It starts adding up. Time flies when you start getting older. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chip away. Uh, speaking of chipping away, we got Ethan in here saying good afternoon, Jensen Broncos country. Good morning to you, Ethan. Hopefully you're doing well over there across the pond in UK. Good to see you. Hopefully, uh, I don't know. Is, is Ethan going to the uh, the Broncos Jags game? Is that a thing? I hope so. I think we've we've talked a little bit about it. I think there should be a chance we get a, a chance to meet up because I think he said, "Hey, we can come stay at our place. We won't crash your place, Ethan." But uh, pretty sure he's planning on being there. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, that all, Ethan. Let us know to make sure you send pics. What should be fun is we should go down to Brighton and watch Chelsea and Brighton. Um, that's Saturday morning. That's what we need to do. At least catch at least one match. I'm going to drag Zach with me. He'll have fun for sure. That'll be great. Um, been to UK once, scored uh, in London, uh, gorgeous, gorgeous city. 
Uh, Dale coming in saying, afternoon, Ethan. Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Good to see you, Dale. Hopefully you're doing well. Hopefully you had a good weekend. EJ's in the house as well saying, good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Um, good to see you, EJ. A few more in here. Jay, Jan Fitz coming in. One of, if not the first time, catching it live. I recognize this name, I think, Jan. But uh, either way, thank, we're happy to have you here. It's good to see you. Uh, Luke Wright's in the house, too, saying good morning, Nick and Scott. Awesome to see you. We got Gregory uh, Vendeland coming in, predicting Russell Wilson's uh, stat line this season, saying <laughs> Russell Wilson, 7,000 yards, 70 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. That would be great. See, and with a 17-game season, I think you might have more than 7 interceptions. I mean, you, you've got plenty of time to get those others in, but it'll be tough to uh, to only have the seven INTs on the 17-game season. Otherwise, I think you're being a little conservative. Goodness. This, uh, this is what I do in video games. I used to have it where um, I used to play NCAA football on, like, the easiest mode possible just to win the Heisman every time. And, like, I would throw for, like, you know, a 1,000 yards every game, and eventually it would stop counting. Like, it would, like, it, we can't go past this number for the amount of yards that you have. When you think about it, though, 7,000 yards – isn't that far out of the question anymore. That's about 400 yards a game. I mean, that's not crazy talk anymore. It really isn't. Not in today's day and age. You expect the top quarterbacks to throw for 300. Well, there's 5,100 right there. You throw in another 50, carry the one, you're at, you know, you're at uh, close to 6,000 yards already. You know, so it's not as crazy as it sounds the way the game is going. Still sounds crazy because you have to be healthy for all the games. Still a little crazy, um, but uh, no, definitely it'd be fun. Uh, turn the Xbox off on that one though. But uh, we'll keep going here. Um, I don't know if we said good morning to Luke. Right, good morning to you, Luke. Hope you're doing well. Greg Smith is in the house as well. Good morning, Broncos for breakfast with his little egg and a frying pan and the croissant. Um, good to have you in here, Greg. Aloha to you, Colin Wood in the house saying I've already rearranged my sock drawer so I'm ready for the season. As I look just at a pile of my socks in the corner of this room right now from moving in. So uh See, I don't rearrange. I know when I'm out of socks, it's time to do laundry. You know, when I'm mm. when I'm out of uh, when I'm out of undergarments, it's time to do some laundry. So I don't I don't rearrange. I just they're in a pile. I wash, I put them away. There's no rearranging. Do you have the uh the to be folded clothes chair in the corner of a room somewhere. It's like, oh, I'll get to that, but you just wear it and you never really fold it. <laughs> that or yeah, it's 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 sitting over that. Or you know, if I only have something on, if I put so I take a, a shower at night and put a t-shirt on, I take it off where I go to bed. I hang it over that chair and like this shirt's still good. You know, I don't mm -hmm. fold it and put it back away. It's in the no. worn kind of, but still ready to be worn again pile. Yep, especially for like bedtime clothes. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why sometimes you see me wearing the same shirt multiple days in a row on uh, this because I'm uh, just hopping out of bed. <laughs> I, have, I have three gray shirts that look just like this. Not quite. They're a little bit different. I'm like, I don't think this is the one I wore last night. I think because I hung it back up. I only wore it for an hour, uh, but I, I have three of them. I think the other one, this one's got a little pattern action to it. I think the one I wore last night was plain gray. Oh, Good man. We gracious. Speaking, coming of, in uh, speaking of coming in red, yeah, Gregory Vendeland. I... How new a name are, are you to our show, Gregory? I don't recognize uh, the name. I'm going to have to look that up to see. Uh, I, I'm, I'm almost speechless. You know, it takes a lot to render me speechless, but coming in yeah. coming in red on the super, thank you, my friend. That is huge. That is huge. And thank I you think so much this is new. You. I just did a search on on the name Greg, and uh, I keep a, a database of all the people that have given supers. And I came up empty. So I think, you know, when you're coming in, 
Greg, you're coming in hot. So, yeah. you know, he wants to announce his presence with authority. You have been announced. Thank you, my friend. It's, especially this time of year. We mentioned it last night. It's slower, which, you know, when you're dependent on traffic and stuff, that means your revenue's down. So and you're keeping the lights on, keeping my forehead nice and shiny on in uh, the dog days of July. So thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you so much. Gregory came in with the uh, Russell Wilson with 7,000 yards and 70 touchdown comments. The first time I ever noticed that one. Um, noticed Gregory, but thank you so much, man. That's really, really helpful. And uh, well, we was, appreciate He was you. conservative with his 7,000 yards. He's not conservative on the super chat. That's for sure. Absolutely. We also have a uh, another super coming in here from uh, Max Power. Two pounds coming in here saying, am I wrong to think Sutton will be the most productive? Uh, what do you think here? Uh, Scott Sutton, Cortland Sutton with Russell Wilson and then Nathaniel Hackett offense this season, the most productive wide receiver for the Broncos. You could end up being wrong, but you're not wrong to think it. So as a prediction, I would say that is a good choice. Whether or not that happens, you know, Tim Patrick or Jerry Judy, I think are going to have something to say about it over the course yeah. of the season. But Cortland Sutton would be my first pick. I think it's, mm -hmm. I don't think it's wrong at all for him to be your favorite for having the most productive as far as catches and yards go. Uh, I think it's a really good choice. Now, we could end up being wrong based on uh, it's the season, you know, based on, yeah. like I said, Patrick and Judy stepping up, uh, Sutton staying healthy, all those things. But he'd be my choice for, for most productive receiver this year. So that's a good shout, Max. Yeah, I'm really curious to see what his role is going to be, um, given – the Packers have utilized the big slot position more, and they really need their slot to uh, function as a blocker in that wide zone run game. And that doesn't really fit Jerry Judy's profile. I think Jerry Judy is more likely to be a Z in this offense. And then you have a question about who's going to be the slot. Uh, you could see Cortland Sutton there. You could see Tim Patrick. I think you'll see some Albert Okwebenam as the big slot as well. But really, it's one of the big three wide receivers that is going to be the most interesting to me. They're still going to see a little bit of everybody play in those spots. But uh, we'll be curious. I'm all this stuff, new offense, new scheme will be, will be interesting to see how it all comes together. Once we actually have real tape to uh, digest and come over the all 22 and everything, uh, Jacob Foster, silent one coming in here as always. That's a name I do recognize. Of course. <laughs> thank you so much, Jacob. I hope you had a good weekend. Happy Tuesday to you and help. Thank you for helping us uh, get this Tuesday started off pretty nice. I have a picture that is very similar to that. Um, it's actually my wife, though. But again, you're only this big, so I can't tell. But it was taken in California with that background, kid on the shoulders. And that's I, th I think of that picture, which is a great picture of my family, every time I see your picture. So not only do you come in with the support, picture always gives good vibes uh, every time we're seeing it. Uh, good vibes, always, Jeremy. Good morning, Jeremy. Good vibes. And then... Uh, here we go. There's Rocky coming in. Rocky introduced himself to us uh, either last night or the night before. Uh, Longtime listener on Spotify, I believe he said. Uh, Broncos for Breakfast fan. So welcome into the live show. He says, good morning, Nick and Scott. Happy to be with you guys live for a change. Well, we are happy to have you, Rocky. We appreciate it. Lawrence coming in with some stars, too, saying good morning, guys. I'm tired today and I'm up at it and barely wiping the boogers out of my eyes. Well, thank you for the graphics. Thank you for uh, the, 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 uh, the, the graphic representation. Um, I realized it's like, man, I'm always tired. I'm always tired. And then one day I got a, got a really good night's sleep for a change and I still couldn't see. I'm like, I'm not tired. I just need freaking glasses. That was in my mid thirties, <laughs> like, you know, cause you feel like when you wake up, you're like, you know, you just kind of got to get the, the, your, your eyes are tired and you wake up and you pull it. It's like, I'm, I'm not tired. I just can't I'm, see. I'm blind. No. Yeah. Um, so, God, hopefully that's not I, uh, last time I did a vision test was about 
seven years ago, but I had 2015. I could read the line below of what you're supposed to. So hopefully, I, if I do lose my vision some, it goes to 2020. But uh, we'll see. That's I think the, that's maybe uh, that's the benefit of the narrow set eyes. All the staring <clears throat> at the screen will do it for you. Um, mm. I think it was about, I was maybe 31 or 32. And I was like, God, my eyes are killing me. I went and got an eye test. I'm like, yeah. And they wrote me like a mild prescription. I didn't bother. I'm, I'm lazy about that kind of stuff. Probably would drive someone like Nick crazy who is a, is a doctor. And I'm like, yeah, I'll go to the doctor when something's falling off of me. I'm like, yeah, I could use your shoulder. Anyway, a little while later, I went. And I was like, God, my eyes are killing me. And I was like, wait a minute. It was two days after signing day. You know, mm -hmm. so picture being an accountant and it's like April 16th. And I went and found that prescription and it was like February 5th, two days after signing day. <laughs> exactly to the year. I'm like, man, my eyes are just freaking cooked. I'm worn out from work. Well, then they eventually just went. But staring at these screens all the time and I see my mm -hmm. kids who are both, uh, you know, a, a baseball player and a softball player and eyes are such a huge tool like oh you guys are gonna kill your eyes all this staring yeah. at the screens but you know we'll get them fixed we'll I'll just have to fix them yeah we got fallen soft good morning broncos country i hope everyone's off to a great start on a great day absolutely it's good to see you we got anthony ortiz of course too good morning broncos nation from connecticut dom's in the house good morning nick and scott and Broncos country, Denver Broncos for life. Steven Baumgartner's in the house. Good morning. Good to see you, Steven. Michael Ronquillo, of course, as well. Good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos for breakfast. Let's ride and go Broncos. And uh, Max Power, too, saying good afternoon to Dale. Good to see you, Max Power. This is a name I don't really recognize here. Bobby Vincent. Um, talking about Russell Wilson coming in eighth overall. Uh, so before we get to Bobby, let's just kind of put this on a tee and get it rolling here. Um, ESPN has been going around doing a poll of league executives coaches, players, and scouts asking them to rank. It's kind of like their take on the NFL 100, I would say, but it's more positional ranked rather than the overall list, which uh, I think is great. Uh, honestly, I'd rather have the positional rankings because different positions matter so much or have vastly different values. So uh, have the quarterback ranking coming in with Russell Wilson coming in eighth overall. And at some point, Scott will pull up the ESPN article when we're getting into it. But Russell Wilson at eight uh, for quarterbacks in league. Feels good to have a Broncos as a top 10 quarterback. Maybe you want Russell Wilson, though, to be pushing that top five at the end of the year because that's going to be, I mean, the difference between the eighth best quarterback and the fifth best quarterback is probably the difference between Super Bowl contender and playoff contender on this Broncos team this year. Maybe. Go ahead. You know, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, again, you start looking at one of my first uh, thoughts when looking at this list as I was scrolling down it. I think my first thought was, wow, Joe Burrow at five? Yeah. Um, that seems a little high. Um you know, he had a good season last year, but he has, a, other than the offensive line, which does matter, you know, he had a lot of weapons around him and he, he's good. Don't get me wrong. It just seems a little premature to say top five over a guy like Russell Wilson, who's got eight Pro Bowls to his name and in a bad season was 26 and seven on touchdowns to INTs. That's his bad season. Yeah. Um, part of that, I think, is also the team, you know, quarterbacks, they say, get way too much credit for a team win and way too much blame for a team loss. So let's take a look at two of the decades, better quarterbacks and Russell Wilson dropping down, just barely knocking on the door of the top 10, Matt Ryan, who has a chance to move into fifth all time and passing this year, all time out of the, off the list completely, not even in the top 14. So, you know, two bad teams and the quarterback is, has, has suffered uh, because of that. Another thing I mentioned your um, when you were talking about you know the value of the position, 
what other position would you give up three first round picks and two first round picks for the eighth and ninth ranked player at their position like teams did for quarterbacks this year? I mean, it's, it's it's quarterbacks and it's everybody else. Yeah. Yep, doesn't exist. It's all about the quarterback. So having an eighth overall, I mean, God, big difference for the Broncos. Um, obviously, Tim, uh, Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke did not end up on the list. But uh, the uh, Bobby comes in weighing in on Russell Wilson being eighth overall. And we'll get into that list here in a second. It's over on ESPN. And Scott has the ability to pull it up saying, I think it's a fair ranking. Wilson hasn't been in the mix for a while, while others have been. All he needs to do is get the, his, this team back in contention for the big cheese. I like that. And he'll move up fast. Thank you so much, Bobby. Also, I missed this earlier. Rocky come in with a 99 cent super over on YouTube. Oh, I thank you I so didn't much, see that, Rocky. Rocky. Yep, thank you. A little blue highlight there on that one. Good to see you, Rocky. Thanks for joining us. But uh, yeah, no, Russell Wilson coming up at eighth overall. Um, it'll be great to see. And uh, Scott, if you would, would you pull up? There we go. Um, Russell Wilson's ring. I'm going to make a big screen here so I can read it for you guys real quick. Uh, Russell Wilson um, over uh, ranked Inc. Last, his highest ranking ever was four. Uh, lowest ranking out of the top ten. I'm curious about the lowest ranking. Wouldn't everybody probably be out of the top 10? They're like rookie season. I, I don't know. I digress. Um, but uh, we have Russell Wilson coming in eighth, uh, age 33 this year. Last year ranking four, which is, God, that would be great if he ranked four this season. I think there's a pretty obvious big four in the NFL right now, but we can get into that. Uh, Wilson, they say, though Wilson's stat, status among the elite has been secure for the better part of a decade, his place in this year's quarterback pantheon comes with questions. He hasn't had a great 18 months on the field, to be sure. Thought he's been okay, but okay. Uh, the let Russ cook movement of 2020 provided fireworks in the first half of the season, but just two, 203.2 passing yards per game over the final seven games as defenses adjusted to his deep ball. Then in 2021, Wilson posted a 54.7 QBR, the lowest of his career, though a finger injury that required an in, in-season surgery clearly affected his production. He was missing layups, the easy throws he'd always used to hit. Uh, but then there's this. His absolute worst is still better than most. Drew that uh, with 65 touchdowns to 19 interceptions over the past two seasons, his 7.8 yards per pass attempt ranked fifth, ranked fifth overall. Uh, quote, I think you'll see a rejuvenated Russ with the Broncos. An AFC personnel evaluator said they are tailoring things around him. He'll have more ownership of the offense and a good supporting cast. He will get his spot back. A veteran NFC personnel evaluator believes Wilson must improve in one key area that has resulted in 179 sacks over his past 62 games. He's got to get rid of the ball quicker. He puts the offensive line in a tough position too often when there's an easy first read. He looks for the home run and it hurts him. So there we have it. Uh, Russell Wilson at eight overall. Scott, what do one you think? My, and one of my other thoughts on this was scrolling down one more and seeing, you know, Deshaun Watson hmm. at uh, at number nine. You know, and they didn't rank him last year, but you're going to rank him this year? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, I think he's got... This at this time last year, he's got about as much of a chance of playing as he did last year. Um, yeah. You know, hindsight says zero, so he's got he he doesn't have a zero percent chance. But going into the season, it wasn't a definite that he was going to be suspended. You know, going into the summer, it wasn't a definite that he was going to be not play the twenty twenty one season. Um, I think it's a very good possibility he doesn't play the twenty twenty two season. So you're talking about a guy that hasn't played in at least a year. Uh, he's very good. Don't get me wrong. But uh, that one surprised me. And Falling Soth has come in here with some good comments. Um, our resident Cincinnati expert. He says, Burrow had the high. You know, there's no need for an LOL. You know, no need for that. Burrow had the highest accuracy rate in the NFL and the highest depth of target of all quarterbacks, despite the line number five is too low. Uh, dude will be the greatest of all time. Mark my words. 
Uh, he might be. I just think it's, again, I think it's a little premature to see him in the top five. You know, you're talking about guys that have done it over a longer period of time um, that you feel safer saying, okay, I know what I'm going to get. I just think it's a little, a little early uh, to say number five. And he's got, you know, where would we put his, I guess we'd have to look it up, but where would we put his, uh, his receivers in, in the NFL top five, you know, was that a product of the quarterback and could Russell Wilson end up moving back into the top five because he has better receivers than uh, than he ever has ever had before than, uh, depth of receivers that he's had before. Yeah, we'll there's see been how- a lot. There's been a lot of investment into uh, into uh, that Cincinnati Bengals offense, and you know they were nine and ten and eight. They are ten and seven last year. Kind of snuck into the playoffs and then got hot, um, but they weren't a great team throughout. And again, now you're gonna have a target on your back. Let's do it again. Let's say I like I'm not saying it's not gonna happen. I'm not a yeah. hater. I just say let me see it again. I wanna I wanna prove that last year was you know that, that last year was legit, that it that's how it's gonna be every year. Put it yeah. together two, three years in a row, and you got me. Yep. And also there's the thing where people don't understand. I think it's just natural that uh what is it, linear progression is not really a thing in the NFL. I mean, if that was the case then last year Patrick Mahomes would have thrown for that 7,070 touchdown uh, stat line, but his stats and his play somewhat regressed some from his MVP uh, seasons when the Broncos won a Super Bowl. So uh, speaking of MVP, uh, we got a big super chat coming in here from Ethan. Uh, thank you so much, Ethan, saying uh, any list that has Watson in the top 10 should be judged with the highest scrutiny. I know Rodgers is the two-time MVP, but still number one. Nope. Hashtag Broncos for breakfast. I have no issue with uh, Rodgers being number one. I think there's a 1A and a 1B um, in the NFL if you put a gun to my head. Um, if you wanted to go Aaron Rodgers or who comes in number two, uh, Patrick Mahomes as the number one quarterback, I would have zero issue with it, uh, to be completely honest with you. I think both those guys have an argument. After that, there's a tier two, uh, in my opinion, that is Josh Allen and Tom Brady. So I think they nailed uh, the top four. Maybe not the exact order because you could flip one or two for me, um, but I think those are pretty easily the uh, the top four quarterbacks in the league right now. After that, then it kind of gets jumbled. Yeah, Ethan coming in huge, coming in yeah. red. Uh, we see red, and we're like the bull. We go right for it. So appreciate you coming in. And and I agree. I, I think Watson should have been omitted from this list. Um, I even may have put in a note at the end saying, we omitted Watson from this list because there's no guarantee, just like last year when we left him off, that he's going to play this season. However, if he were to play, this, he still garnered votes. This is where he ended up. I, I would have done something like that and kept him off the list. And maybe said dishonorable mention, <laughs> you know mm. that would have been kind of funny actually, um, and and put him in there like that, and and I think here, you know I I don't have any problem. I'd put Rogers number one on this list. Um, yeah. You know, again, you said it right here. I know he's a two time MVP. Yes, he is. <laughs> you know, he's he's the two time MVP. You know, if I got a two time Cy Young winner and I got the number one pitcher, he's gonna get it. He's yeah. going to get it the, most of the time, the, the two-time Cy Young winner. Um, so I, I would have Rodgers there. Um, and then Mahomes comes in number two. But again, all four of these guys got number one votes. So, you know, you mentioned the, the easy four. I'm like, all right, well, how easy is it? Because off the top of my head, I'm thinking, you know, Josh Allen's in there. The lowest ranking is seven for him. I think there's still some questions about his accuracy. You know, he looked terrible against the Atlanta Falcons, throwing three interceptions, which it's almost like he didn't, they were just kind of screwing around in that game. Like they weren't totally focused on it. And then Tom Brady coming in four. Um, 
I would probably have Brady still in the top three. Okay. Um, again, one, two, and three in that in in, in some order. I'm not going to argue with you. And then I'd probably have Josh Allen coming at four again for the same reason I talked about Burrow, just a little more duration on here. You know, one of the questions they had about Josh Allen is something that we've brought up is, you know, I don't want him becoming, uh, you know, a Tim Tebow runner where he's, oh yeah, he rushed for a thousand yards. Great. He's beat to hell and his, his elbows yeah. are so stiff. Now he can't throw the ball anymore and he can't get any rotation because his hips are shot. Um, you know, I, he's got to uh, calm it down a little bit as far as uh, his running to have that duration. But Ethan, you're the man, as always. Appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Ethan. And I actually have this little nice list here, uh, Scott, that I can pull up. Makes it a little easier to see um, all the guys ranked now that we're kind of past the uh, the uh, reading of it there. But there we go. Nice little succinct list of uh, the top quarterbacks there. Um, so yeah, we have some, uh, questions coming in. I was looking at this one for a second here. I was about to be like, Clee, actually you're incorrect. Jerry Judy played 300 snaps in the slot compared to 100, um, out wide, but you're saying Z is in asleep. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, I appreciate it. It just hit me as I was like, no, oh, I got to correct him on this one. That's this wrong. Um, but that we appreciate you. Um, Clee also, he, Clee asked- he was in motion. He was sleepwalking across mm-hmm. the, the offensive backfield as he was running his go. fake jet sweeps and, and he was in motion. So sleepwalking, yeah, I, I I can get on board with that. Yeah, absolutely. And Clee also saying, did Nick move? Been a while since I've been here. First show in this uh, in this location uh, moved this past weekend, which is uh, not the most fun thing in the world. But the, luckily, we had good weather. So uh, I'm going to be unpacking here for the next few weeks. I did tweak my knee a little bit, honestly. That's my big bummer. It's like, oh, it's kind of catching right now. A little sharp pain in there. I think I have a little bit of a quad uh, strain or something. So got to work that out. But yep, did move. And somebody said, Nick moved to Seattle to be near Drew Locke. Drew Locke followed me out here. Let's be real. I was, I was an OG um, for, for the, in that relationship at least, but uh, no, we'll see how it goes this season. It'll be a lot of fun. I have not seen a single Drew Locke jersey. I still see people rocking the uh, Russell Wilson uh, Seahawks jersey though. So uh, maybe when I go to the game on, what is it? September 12th, we'll see a, uh, some Drew Locke jerseys out there, but uh, I don't know if I was a Seahawks fan, I think I'd probably be, sitting back and waiting to buy a jersey for a bit because like oh dk metcalf oh he might be gone here pretty soon i don't know but uh speaking of z's we got z coming in here saying morning y'all hope you all are enjoying your breakfast and coffee i had a uh, blueberry donut this morning it was divine and i'm having my coffee now and scott you said your coffee was perfect it was probably it's just you know when you're brewing your own it's not always the same so you know the water can be a little bit different temperature and this one was dead on today Ah, good good brew it was yeah. dead on. So have to remember, I try and, you, you know, it's just a little bit of water, a little bit, whatever. But it was a good, good brew this morning. Yeah. Uh, who are the top seven, Colin? Yeah, it comes in here now. He did a much better job. I was going to scroll down here and say this. And 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 Nick, you know, I've I've been talking up Matthew Stafford for, you know, since you we've known each other. Same. Um, I mean, we both were like Broncos should go get Matthew Stafford. He's so underrated. People and, were. And he, he may have already, that trade may have already been made before you and I started working together. I think um, it was, yeah. But, uh, you know, I went and saw Matthew Stafford play at Highland Park, Texas, and he just has. I mean, I, I put him in with the all-time greats as far as arm talent. John Elway, Brett Favre, he, you know, he has that type of arm talent, and he was a Detroit Lion. I mean, yeah. oh, well, he hasn't done this, he hasn't done that. It's the Detroit Lions. You know, they arguably have had two of the best all-time players at their position. Matthew Stafford is it's you you don't get to say that about quarterbacks until they win and win big which they don't do in detroit 
Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Um, you know, but, you know, you switch him and, and Tom Brady, we're, we've got very different conversations. You know, Tom Brady is, ends up being a, a nice quarterback like Matthew Stafford's been. And Matthew Stafford's all of a sudden one of the all-time greats. Um, Justin Herbert, I know you're a, a big fan of his. Yeah. Russell Wilson and then Deshaun Watson and Dak Prescott. Um, again, I don't have any huge problems with the top, with nine of the top 10. Again, I would have pulled Watson out of there and I probably would have found somebody else besides Dak Prescott. Yeah, I probably would put Dak Prescott still in there, but uh, I'd put Dak at maybe nine and then uh, Lamar Jackson. I was going to say, 10. I could find Lamar a spot for Lamar Jackson. Uh, I do think Matt Ryan is going to be knocking on the door of this list by the time it's all said and done. God, um, I hope not. I hope not. Not because I don't, I'm a big Matt Ryan fan, but if that's the case, that's just one more team that the AFC is just, it's going to be that much harder. It's, and if he's top 10, that's, that's rough for, uh, and they're for dying Rangers. to put Mac Jones on this list. They just are, you know, they're just dying for it. When they started talking about MVP, you know, rookie MVP or whatever they got rookie of the year. I'm like, you're out of your freaking minds. He's been okay, which is makes him a good rookie quarterback. But you know, when you're talking about, uh, was it Chase Bengals guy? Um, Jamar, yeah. Jamar Chase. You know he was good. Period. You know it's like top five wide receiver. Good, not good for a rookie. Mm-hmm. You know, get out of here with that nonsense. Uh, another quarterback here. Them. So you were talking about that they really want to put uh, Mac Jones on this list. I think on the honorable mention, which is not on this list, but it's on your article. Um, somebody that they really <laughs> want to put on this list is uh, Derek Carr. Derek Carr, mm-hmm. arguable top ten quarterback, but man. The NFL, at the talking heads, there's so many people that keep saying the Broncos are going to be the worst team in the AFC West, and a big reason is because they love themselves from Derek Carr. I don't know if it's the Vegas market. I don't know if it's Devontae Adams, blah, blah, blah. But uh, Derek Carr is, I think, knocking on the door here for this list. I think he's just outside, though, personally. If I was ranking it, I'd have Rodgers, Mahomes, 1A, 1B. You already know that. I would have Allen 3 over Brady just because I think Allen can do more. He can actually go, like, God mode, where I think Brady's more dependent on the pieces around him being good. Um, you know, he's a master general, but he can't, he's not a creator, so to speak. Like nobody played, even though they lost the last game of the season that Allen played was one of the most phenomenal quarterback performances I've ever seen in my life. And I just think that he has that in him at any point. I mean, the Tom Brady, I know it's not good to compare quarterback to quarterback in a single game when they play each other, but the bills versus Buccaneers game last year, Josh Allen was a freaking God as well. I mean, it's, he's insane. Um, five, I honestly would go, uh, Matt Stafford here. Um, then I would go Russell Wilson, uh, six Herbert, seven Joe Burrow, eight. Um, uh, like I said, Dak Prescott, nine, and then Lamar Jackson, 10. Um, but, uh, after the top four, you know, it's pretty jumbled. I think while I do like the top 10 argument, it's kind of like, how I like my fantasy football. When I make my own board, I go by tiers. So if you, I, I think tiers are better when you can put guys in their own little categories. And then, you know, if you want to argue the, the difference rankings in each tier, I won't fight you too hard. I set up my fantasy football board, and here's a little fantasy football advice for you. Um, by points, previous year's points or projected points, and then I do a, a like a, a difference by percent, run it down the lines, and the bigger the number of the percent, the more I want the guy with the bigger percentage to the next drop-off guy. So 
by doing that, that's kind of how you're talking about in tiers. You know, it might be mm-hmm. a 1% difference between one and two, a 2% difference between two and three, and a 10% difference between four and five. Okay, I better make sure I get one of these top four guys. Yeah. Um, at some point, these old guys have to start dropping out of here, though, don't they? Um, is it this? Is this the year? Is this the year for Tom Brady? This is the year he's almost out of football. Um, again, I think so. I, I think so. I think um, I think the window in Tampa Bay is is closing. You know, mm-hmm. they 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 got there, so it's not even closing. They're they're putting a, a, a banner over it, <laughs> yeah. a Super Bowl banner over it. So. Uh, I think I I do think this is the year. This is the I almost got out of it, and I pro, and and at the end of the year he says, "Okay, now I'm definitely done." I think this will be his last year. Man, I'm really curious. There's a little bit of smoke between uh, Tom Brady and uh, San Francisco if the Trey Lance stuff doesn't work out there. I'm curious if something happens there where he goes back to his boyhood, you know, home team. And God, that's uh, a lot of draft capital to give up for a guy. You, it, there were so many questions about him. That trade was so dumb. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, so I said, you know, being to be in that spot, Miami just cleaned house on that trade. And I think they overpaid to move back up considering they didn't get the guy they wanted, which was Jamar Chase. But still, I mean, I'm looking at next year, you know, looking at, at the draft for next year. You know, what if Davis Mills has a really good year, but they're still number one overall? OK, they could trade out of that spot and get a haul. Yeah. Desmond Ritter could be a player that the, you know, could end up being decent for the Falcons where they say, we want to come out of that spot and and get a haul or take Will, or do you take Will Anderson? The draft this year is going to be fun again. The top of the draft this year is going to be very, very intriguing. Yeah, will be fun. Um, some guys that we haven't, aren't even talking about yet, I'm sure will emerge as well. So that'll be great. Um, we'll see how it works out. I mean, it's the same thing with uh, when the Chiefs traded up for Mahomes. I remember sitting on the show with Carl on uh, building the Broncos and being like, listen, you know, we're all talking about the trading up for an air raid quarterback out of the big 12 in Texas tech. And they gave up, you know, multiple first round picks, multiple seconds, but if he hits, it's not going to matter. Like that's, it's, it's, it's a gamble. You're putting all, you know, you're putting it all on red, but if it hits, um, then doesn't, doesn't matter one bit. So we'll see. It's, it is a bigger gamble though. Cause there were more questions there, but he didn't come out of Montana state or something, you know, I mean, North he, didn't, he had state, more than yeah. one year of playing the game. Yeah. You know, it, that was, I mean, you want to talk that there's risks and then there's, Oh my God. God risks that they, you know, taking, taking Trey Lance on that. Uh, I was just about to click on that too. Lawrence came in some, some stars saying, guys, I'm sad. We haven't addressed the tight end or a fullback. These are really crucial. How successful Russ can be in audibling. So one, the fullback position is dead. It's gone. They, Except uh, in San Francisco. they, they rotate players, uh, tight ends into the fullback position and they drafted a tight end, you know? Mm-hmm. So Albert Okawebenam was, is, is good. I, he's kind of been my, slept on player of the season you know oh they need a tight end they need a good sign well they got a tight end greg dulcich they got a very good receiving tight end who can drop back and andrew beck can drop back and play in the backfield as that fullback h-back type of position so tight end and fullback are two of my least concerns on this team right tackle is still my biggest concern on this team not tight end and fullback uh, the fullback is a is a non-issue um as as infrequently as they get used you can drop one of your tight ends in that position and you didn't get a tight end you got a really good pass catching tight end and greg dulcich in the draft so i'm pretty happy there yeah I, I, obviously last wednesday luke and i ranked the positions in the broncos and i ranked the tight end the lowest uh but that's because there's just so many question marks on it but again it's like if let's say you fail a pop quiz and it's worth one percent of your grade okay well your point 
0.5% of your overall grade, let's say you got 50%, 0.5% of your overall grade behind, you're going to be okay. Um, you have other means to make up that grade in the end. So the tight end being a question marker, a little bit weaker, doesn't really bother me that much. If you have a great player there, that's awesome. But I don't think it's going to make or break the offense. As you mentioned it, um, the right tackle position for sure. And I'm just going to say the viability of the offensive line overall. I think they have a very high floor. But the difference between the offensive line being, you know, the 16th best this season versus the 10th best this season could be massive because um, this offense, you know, we talked about um, when we were reading about Russell Wilson, his offense and his ability over the last few seasons of being very linked to the deep ball. And I think that's going to be somewhat different this season with Nathaniel Hackett running the speed outs and the RPO and everything like that. But um, and I think it was Nate Tice on the athletic. He mentioned it where it's like the the quick pass game. And the run game are a little bit redundant, but God, you have to be able to do one. And for right. Russell Wilson, the quick pass game over the middle of the field, even if he, I don't ever think it's going to be, you know, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees-esque for him in his career. It's just not his game. Would it be the height, the mentality? Um, there's questions there. That means the run game has to be good. I'm not worried about the Broncos running backs, worried about the offensive line being that good where the off, where the run game can factor in and work uh, to overcome the deficiencies in the quick short pass game. And you've got a couple of uh, good pass catchers, as you said, the, the redundancy in the short passing game and the running game. Um, but those are, those are good options. You know, Lawrence has mentioned, you know, being able to audible and, and get out of checks and stuff. Okay. Well, you know, I, I see this guy coming off the edge, but I've made a read that they're in a, a deep cover zone, not in a press. Well, I'm just going to drop it right over his head into my running back for a little screen. And he's going to go for 15 yards. So, you know, a couple of good pass catching running backs. Again, I'm not, I'm the tight end is not my biggest worry on this team. Right tackle is my biggest worry on this team. And it's not a huge concern. No. It's just a, it's a yes. It's not a yes yet for sure. Yeah. Bama X in the house saying good morning, Broncos country. Good to see you, Bama X. Better late than never. Kevin Gray also coming in saying coming in late, but uh, we'll be back and watch the show. Uh, breakfast is my favorite. Let's ride. Thank you so much, Kevin. That means a lot. We appreciate the most you. Another important part of the day. Broncos for breakfast. Absolutely. You know, we should put that in a tagline. It should be your most yep. important part of the day. Broncos for breakfast. Should be Tra a shirt. Put it on a shirt. Trademark. <laughs> Scout Kennedy Productions. We need to get our caricatures on it, though, too. So we got to come with Zach and Chad. Um, Colin Wood saying, Kyle Murray, question mark on that top 10. He was also another honorable mention. Um, mm -hmm. He's another quarterback here where I don't know if it's a short quarterback thing or whatever, but uh, kind of falling off, like starting off red hot as the season starts, just like Russell Wilson over the last two years, and falling off a tad. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. Um, and to your point, you're talking about the quick pass game and the lack of a fullback and a tight end as passing options um, in the, the audible or the check down game. Packers didn't really utilize the fullback or the tight end that much either. What they did use the running backs, the running backs for the Packers offense were some of the highest volume pass catchers, targeted players in that Packers team last year. I want to say that AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones were like the second and third highest uh, targeted players in that offense with like Devonta Adams getting like 50% of the target share or something crazy, but they really used the running backs in the short quick pass game uh whether it be a you know, home run to check down kind of option so i think that melvin gordon definitely is a solid uh wide receiver that's something that he does bring to the table and javante adams we haven't seen it so much yet he was obviously the lesser of the two backs at north carolina when it came to pass catching michael carter was more of the de facto pass catch catching option but it doesn't mean that javante williams can't do it i mean michael carter was a third round pick because of some of his pa pass catching prowess so uh we'll be interesting to see how it goes 
Uh, we got Bruce Deuce coming in here with, uh, God, what is that picture there, Bruce? It looks like disc golf discs, but I can't to know it's an alien. Okay. It's an alien type yeah. thing. Well, I thought it was disc golf. I was like, hey, man, that's a good times. I haven't disc golfed in a while because I've supplemented that with hiking out here instead. But uh, good time. I do still have all my discs uh, saying because they get shorter over the season. Oh, he's talking about the height. It's, I think it's about because Kyler Murray, yeah. <laughs> the I think they're the smaller guys are more they're more likely to uh, sustain injuries um, over the season. So they're played uh, dips a bit. Um, it'd be interesting to see that obviously the sample size, you couldn't really have a very strong power in your statistical analysis of this because the sample size is so small, whether that be the number of quarterbacks, the number of games or whatever, but both those quarterbacks, I mean, if you looked at the first eight games versus the last eight games or the last two seasons of their play, it's pre precipitous uh, drop off in form and ability. And uh, I brought this up just because if you listen to any player and they talk about health, you know, the last half of the season, they all kind of shake their head and say the same thing nobody's healthy this time of year. You yeah. know, everybody's beat up in November and December, everybody. And when you are a, when you rely on your legs as much as Kyler Murray does, this mm -hmm. much of a drop-off is going to be more effective. And as Falling Sloth says, um, King, it, it could just be Kingsbury too. He always starts hot and then gets exposed as people make their adjustments or, or whatnot. So it, it, it could be a combination in there as well. So a couple, couple of good comments in there, but when you've got uh, a Kyler Murray who needs to use his legs to create throwing lanes at worst and to avoid trouble and, and get outside the pocket at best, if he slows down even this much, it's going to affect him more than a guy who's 6'5 and can stand in the pocket. Yeah. No, you are 100% correct in that one. And uh, we had a comment coming in here from Jan Fitz saying the offensive line needs to move forward. And it was on that bit about Russell Wilson, too. They talked about the uh, Russell Wilson needs to be better with the with his taking of sacks this season. But I, I think that's part of the deal with Russell Wilson. You're looking for the kill shot um, and explosive pass plays. It's about, you know, generating those explosive pass plays. And some of that is going to come at the expense of him taking some sacks. Um, it was Joe Burrow a few months ago that talked about, you know, not all sacks are the same. Um, if you get one on third down and your own end of the field, then, you know, like who cares? I'd rather sit there and look to make that kill shot or get the first down and take the sack surrendering eight to 10 yards, uh, but if you're taking it on first down or getting yourself out of field goal range, it's, it's a different situation. So would be interesting. I'd love to see like pro football focusers at some point, you know, maybe like categorize uh, sacks differently, like put them in like three different categories of, you know, neutral, uh, negligible drive or enders. detrimental. What was that? Drive enders. Yeah. Drive enders. You know, or, or, you know, what off. takes you out of scoring position, you know, those type yeah. of things Or you know, again, an incomplete to your point, if you're third and 10, there's not a huge difference between fourth and 10 and fourth and 18. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're hanging in there just a little bit longer, you just, the, the fan in us always says, well, if you throw the ball, we got in the first down. It's the, the, he got the sack because you know, we, we were punting cause he took a sack. Well, we're punting cause he couldn't get the first down. Um, yeah. You know, taking the sack may have just been a bonus, yeah. <laughs> a bonus for the defense held out just to hopefully um, create something uh, down the field. But the big thing is with the offensive line, and this is kind of, I have a different viewpoint than what the article indicates here, where they talk about Russell Wilson and the pass blocking um, being, he makes it harder on the pass blockers. I'm okay with that. The big question for me is the offensive line is the run blocking. Um, you need that interior offensive line to be better than they've been. Uh, Dalton Reisner, uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, especially that interior guy. Mm -hmm. You have question marks there. Um, so I think with Russell Wilson, you're going to live with some of the sacks because of his, his greed in the pocket for the big play, which is I'm okay with it. Deshaun Watson mm -hmm. does the same thing. Joe Burrow does the same thing. You're seeing it more and more in the NFL because these teams are looking for these kill shots. 
um, overall. And, you know, hopefully they can get out of it or protect the ball while holding on, not taking the sacks. But still, I think for the offensive line, my biggest thing is can they come together as a really good run blocking unit? Because, again, the short, quick pass game and the run game can be somewhat redundant. You have to have one. It was Russell Wilson's career to date. You probably need the run game. Well, and last year, again, I'm going to say it again. We can start drinking. This has been my key word is, is bullied. It was on mm-hmm. both sides of the ball. It seemed like your defense was facing third and one or two all year. And it seemed like your offense was third and eight to 10 all year. That's because a running play on first down was one yard at best. Incomplete. Usually, if you start with a pass incomplete, every second and 10 in the world, every single offensive coordinator on earth runs the ball on second down. 99 out of 100 times. It's insane. They really, really are afraid of third and 10. They'd rather see third and eight. We saw a lot of third and eights last year. So can you get a push on the offensive line? And third and one, can you convert? Can you convert without having, without having to go to the air? Can you run the ball? Um, you know, the answer to that last year was no. Um, and on the flip side, can you stop someone in that situation? The answer on that question was no. Um, you know, you could probably look this up, but my gut feeling is average scoring drives against the Denver Broncos were longer than most uh, in, in time and number of plays were longer than most teams in the NFL you know, as people just systematically wore their way down the field. And then when you had to score, when you did score, which wasn't very often because you weren't a very good scoring offense in in Denver last year, it took a ton of plays and a ton of clock to do it. And there's so many things that can go wrong when you have no explosive play ability. And the more you're in second and short and third and short, the more you're able to get those big, long plays. A second one should be a free play. It should be, you know, a second and three should be a free play. And it wasn't. You're in second and long and third and long all year. Yep. It's uh, hopefully we'll get better this season with Russell Wilson, but uh, we'll see. And guys, we're going to start wrapping up here pretty soon. Jacob Foster coming in. Is this double dipping from Jacob Foster yes. here? God, yep. God bless, man. Happy Tuesday to us. Uh, brace. Sure. We'll use, we'll use some, we'll use some international football terms. Jacob with Jacob Foster with the brace, the two times. God, that's a, what is it? If the third one is a turkey, right? Is a oh, hat trick, you know, the hat trick. I go, I go to hockey for that one for the hat trick. And then the fourth, the golden sombrero. No, uh, that's, is that a thing? That's a strikeout thing, right? Is that Sometimes, also yeah, okay. that's uh, the, 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 the hat trick of strike. And then the good, then you're wearing the golden sombrero, but I don't mind the golden sombrero used as a positive. It's golden. It's a sombrero. Yeah. That sounds like fun to me. It does sound fun. Yeah. I'll take two. Uh, Crimson Wolf coming in saying, uh, how do you feel about this year's coaching staff compared to the coaching staff for Vic Fangio and Vance Joseph? Um, more optimistic, but we're in the honeymoon phase right now. Uh, things can change quickly as we gather more data, positive or negative. One thing I do think is that they actually have a chance because uh, they have a quarterback. Um, in today's NFL, if you don't have a quarterback, you're a car stuck in mud. You know, like you, you can't go anywhere. Get a little bit of sand in there, whatever. No, um, <clears throat> you're gonna get stuck again. So uh, feel better about that. It does seem to be a lot more positive energy. Definitely more enjoyable for the content creators and just the fans in general. But in the end, it's going to depend on whether they deliver or not. And uh, while they have a better situation because of the quarterback play, expectations are higher as well. So I think the uh, the leash that they have is shorter. And there's not really the excuses of, oh, well, they're starting Drew Locke. Oh, well, they're starting Joe Flacco. Or they're starting Case Keenum at quarterback. Like, no wonder they can't get wins. Um, so double-edged sword on that one. But uh, feel feel good. Feel excited. Um, and also really enjoying that the players are coming in and seeing they feel the positive energy and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's partially a shot at Vic Fangio out the door because he was so curmudgeonly <laughs> and negative. But uh, excited, uh, I think, is the word. Cautiously optimistic uh, is the word I'll use. 
Seven and 10 will be deemed a failure, and it's certainly possible. I don't think it's probable, but it is certainly possible. But one thing I feel about this coaching staff is the season will be much more fun. Yeah. You're not, you don't have an offensive, you don't have a coach on defense who's playing not to lose and on offense who's playing not to lose, where there's no chances being taken, where again, it's three yards and, you know, depending on where they're playing, I, I started calling it a cloud of rubber pellets because of all the, 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 the field turf fields. And, you know, just trying to eke your way down the field and then tr- let other people eke their way down the field. It was boring. You know, so you're not, you weren't just bad. You were boring. And that is a, it's not a fun way to watch. This game's supposed to be fun. You know, next year it's going to be fun. You got a, a defensive coordinator that wants to attack. You got an offensive coordinator that wants to attack. You got a quarterback that wants to attack. You got receivers that want to catch the ball, not run routes and block, not run, you know, fake jet sweeps and block. It should be fun. Yeah. So, whether the record shows it, the games should be much more exciting. Even the wins were snooze fests. You know, yeah. they, you know, for the most part, they weren't, they weren't, you know, fun. This will be fun. We'll have some fun this year. Yeah, absolutely. I think the highs will be higher and the lows will be lower just because it matters that much more. You know, you get the emotional state, uh, apathy is out the window. Um, I think apathy was starting to creep in a little bit. Not for us, because obviously we're here, we're doing a job, but uh, in the fan base in general, I think a little bit of like, God, here we go again. You know, it's like week two last year and the, or week two, two People years ago. People showing and, up. Yeah. Nick, you heard me say it before. What's worse than anger is apathy. Yep. You know, when people are angry, they still care. When they're apathetic, they've tuned out. That's yep. dangerous to yep. a business. And this is a business. Make no mistake about it. This is big business. Apathy yep. is dangerous to a business. Now, with the passion of the NFL, it's easy to get it back. Hire there, quarterback here, and we're back. You know, there's going to be probably three times the fans that are allowed in, at uh, if they're all allowed in, at, uh, at open practices. And there will not be empty seats in, in Mile High this year. Um, but apathy is, is a death blow to a business. And it was, it was, it was becoming apathetic. People weren't even angry anymore. They're just, we, we've got to have change. And that's why I said dead man walking, you know, halfway through the season, dead, dead man walking this. You can't have this guy come back. The fans have tuned out at the Benny Hill music, baby. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, speaking of which we got to get out of here pretty soon. Dale Fleming coming in and helping us wrap up saying great show, Nick and Scott. Thank you. Broncos country for the fantastic discussions and awesome support. Thank you, Dale. Uh, we appreciate you. Also, we got Michael Ronquillo coming in saying, great show today, Nick and Scott on Broncos for Breakfast. Let's ride and go Broncos. Um, we also got uh, Colin Woodson. I don't know if it was ignorance or apathy, but I don't know and I don't care. Yeah, and I, and I don't care enough to find out. No, but it's, it's a joke. It's I, I know. Okay. <laughs> I know. There's my ignorance. Um, well, we appreciate you guys so much. Um, we're going to be getting on out of here. Yeah, I didn't even talk about the Condoleezza Rice stuff. Um, I you know, I really kind of, to. yeah, well, I mean, no, I mean, I, I could look up, but anything that I could tell you about Condoleezza Rice, I'd find on our wiki page, honestly. I mean, she's yeah. a very accomplished woman, very smart in, in several walks of life. I don't know what she's going to do. And if she's part of the ownership group. I don't know how she became one. You know, do you say, okay, we want you to come in and be part of the ownership group. Here's 2% of the team. Thanks. 2% of $5 billion is a nice little gift. Or did she buy her way in to get her? two percent or whatever we don't know i don't know those things so what's her role gonna be um you know the talk of politics and sports yeah they're intertwined you know they're intertwined hugely Uh, the nfl is a multi multi billion dollar business that is tax-free you know you don't think that comes into play you don't think trying to get uh you know new stadiums and permits and all that stuff 
you're dealing with local politicians. Yeah, that's all big. And if she becomes a liaison to help make those things happen, uh, a producer of sorts, you, you, I'd be hard pressed to come up with a better person than her from what I know about her, which again is fairly limited. Went to the university of Denver. Um, obviously extremely accomplished, uh, African-American, you know, woman of color now in the ownership group for the Broncos. I think it's a, <clears throat> it's a good thing. I'm not educated enough on her exact role and whatever in the politics. And that's obviously messy and touchy no matter what, but uh, I guess for some of that uh, overall um, superficial stuff, it's, it's a good thing with the Broncos. And we'll see where to roll. I know there was a lot of talk about her, was she involved with the Browns? Or there was a lot of talk about her being involved with the Browns. The only thing I know for sure was, you know, the the college football playoff committee. She was part of the the voting mm-hmm. process, part of the the, the selection process. Um, you know, other than that, I don't know. And like I said, if I said last night when when it came up, it's like you know, someone was using that as a detriment as a lifelong Browns fan. I'm like hell, if you can find a someone willing to admit being a lifelong Browns fan, hold on to that person. They're loyal. They're loyal to their core. Cause it is not easy being that. And everybody grew up fans of somebody, you know, that's just the way it is. This yeah. loyalties change when, you know, when, when business starts getting involved and it becomes your livelihood, um, your, your loyalties can be put on the back burner because I'm going to be loyal to who's helping me pay the bills right now. You guys, Gary Palmer, loyal to you. Thank you so much, Gary, for the support. We appreciate you coming in late, but uh, hopefully you enjoyed the show. Um, and uh, we're going to get on out of here, guys. We will see you again uh, tonight. Uh, I'll be back on. I think the internet held up pretty well, so uh, shout out to Xfinity. It's the the city um, wireless network here. So, uh, But hey, it worked out. Um, the Wi-Fi guy is going to come tomorrow, so hopefully it'll still be holding up tonight. It's not just well because I'm up early, but uh, we appreciate you guys. Uh, make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scott Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at uh, Huddle Up Pod as well as at BFB underscore pod for the Broncos for breakfast show. Um, make sure you're checking out huddleuppod.com to check out the gear. I got the a couple of the hats prominently display, displayed up there. I'll switch this one in for the building the Broncos one uh, this morning, but check out the gear there. Also make sure you're following us at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you're joining our Facebook communities at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle, as well as facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And of course, please, please, if you haven't done so already, click the like button over on uh, Facebook, YouTube. We got an angry react coming in from, Kenyon, I don't know what's going on, Kenyon. Hopefully you're doing better. Hopefully you put a smile on your face after the show went on a little bit. Uh, but make sure you're liking and sharing these over on uh, Facebook. And uh, make sure you're liking and subscribing over on YouTube. Uh, Scott, what's the rest of your day looking like? Is it going to be nice weather out there? I, you know, I don't know. Got to get outside. Got to get my walk in. Got to get my workout in. Other than that, we'll kind of play it by ear. So we'll see how it goes. I know that I've got an appointment with, uh, with you all at 8 o'clock on, let's see, it's Tuesday. That means building the Broncos. So I'll see you all tonight. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Well, guys, we appreciate you so much. Um, We will see you tonight. Have a great one. Choose kindness. Choose compassion. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. 
Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine, they pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.